Patrick. Welcome to the show, Keyhole Conversations with me, Marcus. I started this show a couple months ago just reaching out to people that I know in my life and people that I find interesting. And you are one of those individuals that I find highly fascinating and interesting. So I want to thank you for coming on first and foremost. Um, Patrick is a really talented and dedicated artist, especially in the horror community. Um, Patrick, how long and what was it that kind of started your artistic flair? Was it when you were a child that you started getting into painting, drawing, and that kind of world? Or what got you into being an artist? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, let me say thank you for inviting me to be on your on your show today. I appreciate it. Um, but in answer to your question, uh, my earliest influence was actually my dad. Um, I was probably two, maybe three years old, and my dad used to experiment with uh, like uh, pastel chalks. He would just sketch. Uh, random things, but he, he, I remember vividly him taking one of my, um, like little storybooks and he was drawing a picture of the, the cover. And to me, it was just magic. I'm like, Oh my gosh, how's he doing that? He's, you know, reproducing that, that artwork. And, uh, I was just, I think that was the moment that really hooked me. And from there, it's been a, a lifelong string of, uh, of never ending influences. So that's where it all started. Were you into um, like the monster movies and stuff growing up, or did you get into horror late in life? Um, I think that's a, that's a pretty interesting question for the in the, in the fact that uh, as a kid it was it was I mean you know I'm uh, just to give you guys a, a, a little perspective I'm 55 years old and so as a kid uh, for me especially at that time I was I was really scared of anything you know horrific and so. I remember, you know, always being one of those kids that was afraid of, of anything scary. But uh, I think a lot of that I have to attribute to my imagination. I think my imagination was my worst enemy in a lot of ways as a kid. Um, I would stay up late with my dad. Uh, there was a there was a show on uh, Saturday nights called Saturday's Nightmares, and occasionally he would let me stay up and watch a little of that, although I think he knew that it it terrified the hell out of me. So uh, <laughs> we would watch these, uh, you know, cheesy old horror movies. And of course I would, uh, I would go to bed with those uh, images in my head. And, uh, you know, I think it's one of those situations where as a kid, you're scared of things. And then somehow later in life, you embrace those things that scared you. And uh, that's, that's definitely my, my situation. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same. I was never really so, I remember first being introduced into horror when I was like, oh, I was probably around seven or eight years old, and my mother came home with Halloween 4. Okay. Um, and if to let people know, we both are residents of Utah, and Halloween 4 was filmed here in Utah, so it's really cool because you got that nostalgic factor, and you have all these locations that were filmed here that you could recognize from watching the movie. And I remember her pointing out all these things and just getting engulfed in this movie and being like terrified, but I couldn't turn away either. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, you you know that you're going to pay the price later because you're going to have nightmares that are going to terrify you to your core. But at the moment, you're like, I got to see this. <laughs> right. And I remember, so she showed me this movie at the beginning of October. And I, I swear I was like seven or eight. And then my uncle, he dressed up like Michael Myers and came after me one uh, when I was trick-or-treating and just traumatized the hell out of me. I was right. bawling like a little baby. Um, and that's, I think from that moment on, I had this really interesting like connection with horror movies. They became like terrifying because I'm still young, but so fascinating. And then that kind of transferred into my realm of art where you do um, artistry in the forms of paint, uh, drawing, mixed medias and all that stuff. You even make shirts and necklaces and all this you're you have a very wide vast artistry and i just do photography myself but i really took that influence into my photography and had a lot of fun doing like horror-esque photography so it's it's been something that's influenced me my whole life made me a little money here and there off the horror stuff and that's actually i think we met at didn't we meet at a convention i Boy, uh, you know, you're asking the old man here to remember things, but uh, <laughs> my recollection is uh, I want to say I met you through your cousin, um, and I want to say it was the um, Halloween in July show up in Magna. That's right. Yeah. That's right. You were you were vending out there at the Halloween and Summer Festival, and we were doing, I think we were doing our Horror Junkies of Utah thing that we had yeah. going on. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we had this little YouTube page that we were all going to make millions off of <laughs> following <laughs> our goals, trying to do this. And I remember we were interviewing artists and vendors there, and we actually did an interview with you. That's right. That's yeah. how I met you. Yeah, and exactly. I, re I remember you were, and this is one thing I really like and enjoy about you, is you're so talented and you've had this vast artist career but you're also so humble as well. Some artists can kind of get like in their own heads. And I noticed when we were talking with different artists there, some of them weren't as kind or forthcoming and sitting down with you were, you were just like so genuine and really welcoming to questions and conversation and just open to dialogue. And I was like, Oh, this Patrick guy is really cool. And I think I even vended a couple shows um, later, because I wasn't actually doing my horror photography at that time, but uh, vended and was with you at a few shows. Yeah, I can remember. I can remember hanging out. I think with you and uh, Lacey at. Um, oh, it was a really poorly attended show. It was a Halloween uh, themed thing, and I don't remember the name of it at the moment. Like I say, old man brain going on here, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was at the Southtown Expo Center. I remember that? Yeah, one. it yeah, was like the was Halloween like, Expo or something. And yeah, and uh, I just remember that show was so poorly attended that uh, yeah, I think we had a lot of time to talk. So <laughs> yeah, no kidding. We just were bullshitting. Like we're not making any money. There's no one in here. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's uh, the the joys of being a a horror artist, horror fan in Utah is uh, we have not yet fully developed really great uh horror conventions here which is unfortunate we were i think we were on the verge they had that uh what was a fright 
FrightCon. I can't remember what they called that. Uh, FearCon, I believe it was. FearCon, yeah, there you go. I, I had a really successful show, I think, the second year at FearCon, and I was super excited to go back. And then last I heard, I think uh, uh, Fanex, somebody somebody at Fanex bought them out or something. I don't know, but it's never it's never come back, which is a, a real shame. So That's sad because, I mean, I don't have anything against Fanex or anything like that, but there is a huge difference between a show that's kind of saturated with tons of form of entertainment like Fanex, like it's just right, all over right. the place and just a monster horror show because the right. community that those bring together are so awesome. I remember uh, years back I attended Monster Palooza down in Pasadena, California and that's uh, a yeah, now, that's a show you vend at all the time, isn't it? Yeah, I was gonna just yeah, I was gonna interject that now now you're getting close to my heart because that's my that's my passion right there. Monster Palooza is my all time favorite uh, horror con. So oh, that one was amazing. We went down there and it was the year that Halloween um, was releasing with James Courtney Judd and all that, and just oh uh, yeah 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 he was doing a panel and I was just nerding out going to all the halloween filming locations and we had a blast uh, down there that's probably the the greatest thing about monster palooza one of my favorite things about that show is uh going to that show with first timers because it's it's literally almost too much to take in especially as a horror fan you know you get down there and you're expecting one thing and then you're delivered that in you know 10 times that amount of what you had uh, built up in your mind so yeah love 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 monster palooza oh yeah i i we literally like i thought the convention i was like okay we'll spend one day here yeah i'm yeah. so glad we got the the full experience the weekend pass. the weekend pass absolutely because there was just so much going on just in the artist vendor row alone yeah, you don't have time to go through all the artist stuff. I think right. I believe I did. I run into you at that Monster Palooza down in Pasadena, or did you not vend that one? No. So you you must have because uh, you know a little history on my uh, times vending at the Monster Palooza. I've I've been there since the very first uh, show. I uh, I remember seeing an ad for it in the back of one of the. Uh, the uh, horror magazines and i'm like oh i've got to do this and at that point i had never uh done a, a horror convention and i was completely unprepared i got down there and uh, you know sat at my table and i look across my table and literally you know 15 feet across the room is bernie ryson and i'm like oh my god <laughs> here i am this little nobody from uh you know pleasant grove utah that had a handful of things on his table and Here's one of my lifelong, you know, heroes, the guy that, you know, illustrated the the creep show graphic novel. And I mean, God, you know, Swamp Thing on and on. You name you name it. Bernie was just I, I can't even describe that feeling. That was that was crazy. It, it scared me, honestly. <laughs> I bet because because you're but, there uh, with your art and then you have an artist that's just huge. Uh, and, yeah, you know. Then, then it goes. I mean, it just grew from there. But I'm, I'm getting sidetracked as I, <laughs> as I tend to do. But uh, you were asking, you know, if if I ran into you the year that you came out, and so, like I say, I've been there from the beginning, the very first year, uh, and then second year, I was, I believe it was, I got laid off, and I didn't have the money to make it, and I was completely heartbroken. But I have not missed a show 
since other than when COVID shut everything down. So I have vended every single year at Monster Palooza except for that second year. What was the first year Monster Palooza happened? Um, you know, that's a great question. It had to have been Oh boy, my son basically grew up at that show, so it's got to have been uh, 14 years ago, 15 years ago. Oh wow! So you've, I, I believe this year in June will be my either my 12th or my 13th time vending. So yeah. So you're getting ready to go down to Monster Palooza currently? Yeah, I will be at Monster Palooza June 2nd through the 5th in uh, Pasadena again this year. Looking forward to it. That'll be awesome. Have you um? when you first decided to do that show, what was your, how did you, how did you prepare for a big horror convention? And I mean, it wasn't as big as it is now because it was like a first year, but how have you changed as an artist from when you went in to your first show at monster Palooza to how you go in now? Because I know when I, I haven't done like any uh, artist booths in a while, but I remember my first booth was such a cluster fuck that I didn't know what I was doing. I had like art in frames and prints everywhere and just shit got broken and I made some money. But at the end of the day, I think I ended up barely breaking even. So was there, it's, it's a huge learning process for any artist that wants to get into any type of show convention uh-huh. market or whatever. How did you change and evolve? Like what was the first show like for you? Well, that very first show, like I say, I was woefully unprepared because I had never done any kind of uh, convention at all, ever. Never vended in a you know large uh, uh, show like that. And I was just completely, I had no clue what I was doing. And I think just like you, you go down, you set up and you, you know, you think, all right, this is going to be cool. And you just, you learn from the people around you. It was really interesting that first year, like I say, uh, looking over and seeing Bernie Wrights and, you know, down down a couple aisles from me and then right across uh, the table from me, one of the actors that played uh, Michael Myers uh, was sitting there. And then right next to him was the gal that played the um, very small role in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street where she, you know, hey, Nancy, you know, running in the halls. Oh, right on. And uh, she and I struck up a, a good friendship and I came in like the the second day and she had left autographed pictures on my table and you know just it was a great experience but boy i i i almost felt embarrassed because i was you know i had a handful of uh of prints and i brought down a a really big um airbrush painting i had done of uh freddy krueger and i had another smaller airbrush painting that i had done of uh boris karloff as frankenstein and uh, that was actually my saving grace for that show because, you know, first couple of days I was making no money and I'm thinking, oh man, I'm not going to even recoup the little bit of money that I spent to get down here. And then on the very last day, a, a guy, and I still remember this to crack me up, a guy named Frank bought my Frankenstein painting and it, it made up for everything. So that was a, uh, that was a fun time. <laughs> That's awesome. I always, I always give that advice too to people who, they go to shows and I'm like, never tear down early. Cause you never oh, absolutely. know. Cause I, you, uh, yeah, you never know. Like you say, if you stick around for an extra 15 minutes, that person that may have not been able to get there on time is going to come around and you're the only guy still, you know, selling stuff. You're going to get a sale. So 
Yeah, I remember we were at um, the Halloween and Summer Festival one year, and I was actually making some decent sales there, and there was a guy next to me, and I just felt so bad for him because people were looking at his stuff, but they weren't buying anything. And then he was, it was the last day, and he was getting ready to tear down, and I was like, dude, just just stay, man. Like, you've already vested this time. You you don't know. And then he's he was like, okay, I'll stay. And a lady came through and bought, like, his whole booth she went nuts over his shit it was like yeah. props he had made and she bought it all for like right. her halloween home haunt and i yeah. remember as he was leaving he was like dude i owe you <laughs> <laughs> yeah very true yeah more than anything just pay attention to what other people are doing and uh adapt it and and you know make it your own but uh, that's that's definitely how i've learned i've learned uh you know a lot of different things about indoor shows and a, a ton especially about uh outdoor shows outdoor shows are an entirely different beast <laughs> oh they're the worst i mean yeah. i i i have a love hate with outdoor shows because the environment especially on a warm summer night is great absolutely but the weather and you don't realize how much wind is annoying <laughs> yeah it's there. oh oh man i tell you what i can't just like you said earlier i i can't tell you how much uh money i've lost from wind blowing over framed pictures and uh yeah it's uh that's not cool my last experience um vending at uh spooks in salt lake city for those of you that are not familiar with it, listening spooks is a a little uh, horror themed uh boutique uh downtown salt lake city and they do quite a few outdoor shows and last year uh we set up and uh this absolute insane rainstorm came out of nowhere and i can't tell you what a oh my gosh what a pain that was it damaged so much of my merch it was awful i had a very similar experience i uh vended it her um show because doesn't she do it for like uh children it's like a charity show for like yeah or so something. Um, uh landry uh, the owner she um she tries to do shows uh, for a Rest in Peace Foundation, as I recall, where they they will try to um, gather a little bit of cash so that they can uh, buy headstones for uh, less fortunate families that couldn't afford a headstone for their children when they passed, uh, things to that effect. It's a pretty cool, pretty cool organization for sure. But yeah, um, yeah, she does those shows and then she'll do like the annual Spooks art show and I've been vending there since the very beginning too, but uh, they just did one recently, a couple weeks back, and I couldn't make it because I couldn't get uh, time off from my full time job. So, yeah, that's. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about that because you've you've been in a very like I've watched your art career go kind of all over the place, just like all of us who are into art go all over the place. You used to do art like strictly full time, correct? Weren't you doing that full time or something along those lines? Well, I mean, yeah, I, like you say, my my career has been interesting. My my life uh, choices and uh, my career choices have definitely been interesting. But yes, I I have done. Uh, I would say more uh, along the lines of graphic design full time than strictly artwork. But I did have a period of time for about uh, three years where I was teaching. Uh, paint night. I had my own, uh, you know, chapter of paint night down here in Utah County. 
And uh, prior to COVID, I was doing that full time and absolutely loving it. One of my passions is just, uh, you know, taking something like art, which can, you know, on the surface be a very, uh, you know, difficult concept to a lot of people and simplifying that and, and making it something that you can pass on to them. That's, that's awesome. I love, I love that feeling of kind of, uh, you know, inspiring people to want to, you know, give art a try. And so that was a, that was a great time period. Um, you know, COVID came along, uh, made it impossible to get together in, in large groups and basically destroyed that, which sucked. It was my full-time gig. And so after that, I, I, just basically uh, have taken jobs that I thought were going to be uh, stopgap jobs, you know, kind of fill in until I could get paint night going again. And since then, I've I've broken away from paint night and just kind of doing doing them on my own. It's now called Paint with Patrick, and uh, I do a few of them uh, on occasion. I've got another one coming up uh, at the end of this month on April 30th at a little bar in American Fork and, uh, you know, just trying to do them here and there where I can, but, uh, currently working full time as a furniture salesman. So how's that for an artist? <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's so, it's crazy where we end up because I mean, so many people tell me, why aren't you doing photography like full time? I'm like, no way, dude. There's no, I couldn't feed my, yeah, it's, I don't have a family. I couldn't even feed myself off of it. I, I think unfortunately it's, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people get this misconception that, uh, you know, whether it's being a photographer or being an artist that, you know, you, you're just going to immediately find a, a career choice that's going to, you know, pay you well enough to, to make that your, you're living in a boy. I sure wish wish that that were the case, but uh, unfortunately, uh, real life is uh, very different. So <laughs> it is. Um, is it kind of is it a soul killer to be in that industry selling furniture where you'd re much rather be making art, or are you actually enjoying the the job that you're doing right now? Uh, I would say I would say enjoying is a little bit of a stretch. I, I've been there coming up on just about a year, and again. I think with my with my life, a lot of it is about timing and luck, and I tend to have uh, bad luck and bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started at RC Willie, it was a, uh, you know, it seemed like all right, this is going to probably be something sustainable. I can do this, and then you know the economy has tanked, and uh, you know furniture is fluff; it's not a necessity. So. Right now, it's brutal. Really, really tough. Really hard to make a living in that industry. So, because that's commission work, right? It is 100% commission. So, yeah, if you have a bad month, you're you're in trouble. And uh, I've had plenty of bad months. So, <laughs> I totally understand that. Um, but uh, I mean, if you're asking me, would I rather be uh, doing art again full time? Oh, hell yes, 100%. I. I I, like I say, when I was doing the, the paint night full time, even though it wasn't necessarily horror art, it's, you know, teaching people how to paint, you know, outdoor scenery and flowers and things like that. It's still awesome. I, I, I just love the creative process. And uh, there's a certain, as you know, there's a, a, a therapy uh, to it. And that's what has kept me involved with it for so long is it's therapeutic. I love it. Oh, it is. I mean, and even me, myself, I haven't like shot any like horror related photography in quite a while. I've done, I've branched out so much and been doing all sorts of photography, but I think that's important as an artist too, is like you have that niche you really enjoy 
but you need to keep a wide field of vision with everything that's presented. And you do that. I mean, I see that in your art and when you're, where you're teaching it. And like you said, you're teaching flowers and landscapes. And it's kind of funny to see when you're doing some of these paint nights and I'm like, I don't know this guy is painting flowers. I know him as painting dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. And uh, I remember when I first started doing, you know, these paint night events that I felt the same way. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm uh, I'm basically turning myself into, you know, a Utah version of Bob Ross. And, you know, I laugh at it and and I still laugh at it. But, uh, you know, let's let's be real. Bob Ross made a lot of money doing what he did. And, you know, whether or not you thought he was a, uh, uh, you know, serious or talented artist. That guy was amazingly talented. Um, you know, he just found, like I say, a way to take a very difficult concept and make it, you know, much, much, much easier. And I, I definitely applaud him for that. So. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, when you're doing art, you've been doing it since, since a child, since you were inspired by your father, um, yep. doing those chalks and stuff. What was the first uh, art medium you got into? Was it was it the chalk or did you get into painting? What was the first thing that really grabbed you and you started getting really talented in? Well, you know, that's a that's a good question looking back because like I say, early on with my dad influencing me, I would I would grab a pencil or, you know, some of his chalks and I would I still have scribbles somewhere I remember I've got a drawing and I don't know why I managed to keep it all these years, but it was a, uh, a rocket ship that I drew for my dad. I was big into NASA and outer space and all of that stuff when I was a kid. And then, uh, you know, from, from there, as I started to get a little bit older, uh, you know, oddly enough, again, talking the, the, the monster artist, the horror artist, and, you know, these, these influences came along later the the biggest influence on me when i was about oh gosh seven seven to nine years old was actually charles schultz the creator of the peanuts comic strips i wanted to be that guy like you couldn't believe <laughs> dude that is awesome i would just religiously you know i had i had hardbound books of the peanuts strips and uh I would sit and just draw constantly trying to draw Snoopy. And the funny thing is, is I do have old, old drawings somewhere of Snoopy battling like uh, Dracula. And, uh, oh, man, <laughs> you know, it's I, funny. I have got to see these because I'm a huge uh, Peanuts fan. Like I just recently got a Peanuts tattoo, man. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. No, I, that's a that's a, I, I would have never pegged you for that. And, and probably the same with people with me that, you know, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much. I mean, like I say, life was different when I was a kid when, you know, a television, you know, a Peanuts uh, holiday special was coming on. That was a big event, man. I had to wait all year for that to happen. And uh, man, I can't tell you how much I loved that stuff. And yeah. so uh, I would go, uh, there was a place on Center Street in Provo. Uh, it was called the Little Professor Bookstore, and I would buy anything Peanuts related in there, any books, and then I would also go to Hallmark, and as you know, Hallmark has always been, you know, big supporter of uh, Charles Schultz's stuff, so uh, always loved it, but yeah, that was one of my, like I say, that, that, that guy, I couldn't tell you how badly I wanted to do what Charles Schultz did. That's, that's amazing. That is, 
Super cool. I never knew you had that influence at all. It's it's weird. These things we figure out just by getting into conversations with people. I'd never peg you as being like you drew Snoopy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And and you know, especially you know, people. I I think they just automatically assume. Oh, as a kid, he must have you know either fallen out of his cradle or you know <laughs> landed on his head, and that's how he got into horror. But no, there's a there's a big, you know, there's a good long progression and, and it started, like I say, with Charles Schultz. And then from there, um, another huge influence on me, and it's still a huge influence on me is uh, mad magazine. My uncle, uh, my uncle would buy mad magazine. And when he was done reading them, he would give them to me. And I can't tell you how many, I wish I still had these old copies, but I would take them. And I don't know if you're familiar, if you remember one of the artists that did, they call them the mad marginals and it was just the little tiny drawings that they would put in the margins between the other comics. The guy's name was uh, Sergio Aragones. I, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, him I don't, I don't remember him at all. I remember you the might, mad magazines, but I'm trying you to might think. Know him. Uh, he later on developed a, uh, a comic line. Uh, the character was called Gru the Wanderer. Doesn't ring a bell either kind of a, a funny barbarian and oh man i idolized that guy but he would he was so detailed and uh i would just i would like he did i remember he had like a two-page spread in mad magazine and i i don't remember what exactly was going on it was something along the lines of like a uh, train wreck or something and i i would just sit there with a ballpoint pen and trace everything that that you know he had drawn just because i was so amazed at the sheer amount of detail that he had created yeah. And so, you know, mad, that guy, Sergio Aragones was a huge influence. And then there was, a uh, um, uh, another guy by the name of Don Martin, that was a huge influence on me. And then the artist that did, uh, spy versus spy, uh, Antonio Prohias, that guy. And like I say, mad magazine was like, Holy cow, this is just fantastic. And then from there you've got like Jack Davis and, uh, Al Jeffy who, I don't know if you, if you were familiar with him. He just passed away like two days ago at the age of 102. <laughs> wow, that, that's a good life there. He was, uh, he was like, I think, the longest living cartoonist, uh, you know, that was still active at the time of his passing. But, uh, yeah, holy cow, Mad Magazine. I can't, I can't give enough credit to that uh, for, you know, its huge influence on me. Yeah, I, is that still in print? Uh, it is. They've they've recently kind of uh, done a reboot, I guess, if you will. Some of my some of my friends actually do um, illustrations for the covers. Really, which blows me away. Yeah, guy, and you know, I consider him my friend, and I, I use the term loosely. And I don't know if you know, uh, it's like a solid friendship. But the guy's name you may have met him at Monster Palooza is uh, Jason Edmiston. Okay, uh, fantastic illustrator. He's definitely one of my. Uh, you know, art heroes at the moment. Love that guy's work. So I uh, can't say enough good about Jason, but I've, I've vended with him many times at Monster Palooza and had a few occasions to talk to him. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy, but yeah. Anyway, like I say, you can get me on, you can get me on tangents really easy. So just tell me to shut up and get me oh, back no, on track. <laughs> you're, you're totally fine. That's, that's what this, that's what this podcast is all about. Just conversations and tangents and whatnot. And it's, it's interesting that you say like that, you know, this guy and that guy and that girl. And cause I watch your Instagram or your Facebook and it's so cool because you are actually like 
a little celebrity yourself there at Monster Palooza. I mean, I've seen you with Greg Nicotero. I've seen you with so many different big names that I'm just like jealous. I'm like, fucking Patrick, man. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Greg yeah, Nicotero no. like buy your guitar picks that you were making there for a while? Yeah. So, uh, Greg is one of those real genuine, awesome people that again, you know, I've known him, uh, for quite a while. The first time I met him, he came out here to Utah where I was doing makeup work at uh, Rocky Point Haunted House. I don't Wait, know if you ever made hang Rocky. On. You did makeup at Rocky Point. Very last year that they were open. Holy yeah. shit. Rocky Point yeah. was like the haunted house. That oh, place absolutely. Was- awesome i I don't i don't mean to segue we'll get back to greg in a second no you're fine that i was telling one of my uh friends about rocky point not too long ago and she hadn't heard of it and i was like what like and i found there's quite a few people out there that haven't heard of it but it was like oh it was uh it was like comparing like a silver dollar to a dog turd when it came to (laughs) comparing you know haunts um around utah because yeah they i mean sydney neal the gal that uh put it all on she had you know and i mean that's how that's how we uh, greg nicotero came out i believe she was uh actually dating him at the time if i'm not mistaken wow and uh, she brought him out uh, to just kind of t- tour the haunt and uh she also brought out a another really um Awesome, and I mean, just insanely talented sculptor. And I'm assuming you've heard of him, maybe you haven't. His name is Steve Wang. Yeah, yeah. She brought Steve out, and uh, a lot of us makeup artists would just hang out with these guys. And somewhere, I've still got the photo of me with uh, Greg and uh, a good friend of mine named Crystal Edwards, um, just hanging with Greg and thinking that we were the coolest things ever. And then from there, because I knew him. Uh, when I when I was vending at Monster Palooza, it was a few years. I want to say, no, that's wrong. The very first year, like I say, that first year was a mind bender. Uh, we had just set up my table, and I was still busy freaking out that I was, you know, right up the row from uh, Bernie Wrightson. And my buddy Travis Jones and I turn around, and here comes Greg Nicotero with Simon Pegg walking up the aisles. And they walk over and they're talking to Julia Adams from Creature from the Black Lagoon. And my head is ready to explode. I'm like, I can't believe this. (laughs) Right. So I walked over and uh, Greg remembered Travis and I from uh, Rocky Point. And uh, yeah. And so anyway, Greg uh, is a a guitar player. And uh, the year that I that I started selling my um, guitar picks in, in like framed sets, he caught wind of them and just absolutely loved them, made a post on his Instagram, which he absolutely didn't have to do. And man, I can't tell you how many sets of those guitar picks I sold. And uh, pretty much every year, if he's in town and at the show, he'll stop by with, uh, you know, like last time I saw him, he stopped by with uh, uh, Tom Savini and uh, Scott Ian, the guitarist from Anthrax. And, oh, really? Charlie Benante, the drummer from Anthrax. And like I say, talking about the first time at Monster Palooza experiences, I had taken my uh, cousin that very first year uh, when 
Greg came by with Tom and, and the guys from Anthrax, and <laughs> he's like, I can't believe this right now. This is insane. And I'm like, right? <laughs> that That's so funny. And I think people don't appreciate, like, outsiders that don't, like understand the horror community that it, it really is a strong tight knit community across the nation you will just run into people fans actors directors creators and everyone is really just for the love of horror itself that's that's what i oh, love about it absolutely and and you're spot on and and the the funny thing is is i think you know just like talking about maybe you know, people looking and saying, "Whoa, Charles! Charles Schultz was one of your influences." I think they they misjudge horror fans because you know, on the surface, you look at us and here we are wearing you know really graphic, bloody T-shirts, and uh, you know our our movies are are just like that, graphic and bloody and terrible. And uh, horror fans are the the kindest, most humble. Um, genuine people you're ever going to meet. I can't tell you how many awesome people I've been able to uh, meet at, at my, you know, shows over the years. And every one of them is just for the most part been really, really, really cool. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I couldn't agree more. If I ever get in a conversation with someone and it's like, I, you know, what's your, what movie genre do you like horror? It's just an instant connection and you're just you both like light up with smiles on your face and it's like, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And you can talk for hours just like we're doing here with uh, one little thing leads to another. And you're like, Oh, you remember that movie? You remember that scene? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and then you're so right because like people at my work and in my life, cause they all know me as the creepy guy. Like I always Halloween, my Facebook gets just flooded with like tagged posts of all this stuff. You'll love this Marcus. You'll love this. And I do love it. But then it's so odd because I go from watching like Terrifier 2 or Cannibal Holocaust or these crazy horror movies. And then I'm also watching like A Dog's Purpose and bawling my eyes out. And people just oh, yeah. don't see that well, in horror fans. And, you know, and, and, and again, talking, you know, coming back to uh, horror, horror fans being, you know, the kindest, most gentle people you're ever going to meet, you know, and you're exactly right when it comes to uh, animals i always i always love seeing your your posts on on facebook with your your dogs and your cats and your appreciation and love for them because i'm the same way my dog is just absolutely my best friend in the world so yeah it's so I true and then but you just get people that think we're running around sacrificing animals and being the yeah. exact opposite uh, i've dealt with it my whole life i mean that you know, talking about influences when I was about nine years old is when I got into the rock band Kiss. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously, the minute you're into Kiss, you're labeled as, you know, oh, that stands for Knights in Satan's Service. What are you doing? <laughs> Conservative, <laughs> right. you know, LDS Utah, you're going to catch hell. And, and I, I learned to deal with it. I mean, you know, it was like, hey, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I'm a Kiss fan. I'm proud of the fact that I like horror movies. And, you know, I'm not going to change who I am because you think it's right. I'm going to, you know, do what I enjoy. So, you know, I, that was fun. I know I've had people ask me over the years and they don't do it much anymore. Cause I think they know it's just a lost cause, but you get some of the people you ever going to grow up. And it's like, I'm growing up, but I'm not going to leave this stuff that I love. Like what the <laughs> fuck is that? You know what I mean? Uh, well, and I mean, if, 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 if growing up means, 
letting go of the, the, the best things in life. Why would I ever choose to do that? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm 55 years old and I might be, you know, old as far as my age is concerned. But I mean, you know, I told my wife the other day, I was at the store buying a, a new pair of van shoes with, uh, you know, silver flames on the side. And I'm like, see, honey, I'm 55 going on 15. So. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there you go, man. That's awesome. But, you know, why Why would you not want to, I mean, like I say, some of the very best experiences in life happen when we're younger. So don't let that stuff go, man. Hold on to it. I couldn't agree more. Um, what do you think of the current, like, art scene and art world right now, especially, and I ask a lot of people that are into art this very question and photographers, painters, things of that nature, because it's been so crazy to see this AI rendered art that's coming out now. And I fear that it's getting to this point that it's so perfect that it's like replacing the artists themselves and taking that human factor out of that. Have you seen like some of these AI digital art creations and things? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I am, I am happy to say that I have not dabbled with that in any way, shape or form. And I probably never will. And I mean, you know, Hey, technology, I've always said it's a, it's a, it's a good thing and a bad thing because you know, it, it's amazing what you can do, but I'll tell you what, AI, uh, I don't care what you say. Anybody can go in and say, Hey, you know, make this picture of, of me, you know, like this, and then it produces it. What, what's artistic about that? I mean, yes, the imagery is cool, but I mean, there's no, there's no creative process. I mean, the damn computer is the, the, the thing doing the creative process and it, uh, you know, it sucks out the, the, the life of, uh, you know, artwork that way. And so I'm fine with it. If an artist wants to use AI as something to maybe create a reference picture and then do an actual painting, I applaud that. That's great. But you're never going to find me, you know, going, Hey, create this, uh, this image and then I'm going to make prints and sell it at my table and claim that that's artwork. That's, that's bullshit. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. There's a lot of that going on on like Instagram and some of these other photo sharing websites where, and I even fell prey to one. I, it was a picture of the Aurora Borealis and I was like, Oh, that's amazing looking. I was like, damn, like liked it right away. And then I uh -huh. sent it to one of my friends up in Canada and she just was like, that's fake and AI and bullshit. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> and then I looked closer at it. I was like, oh my God, you're right. And you know, it's, I, I mean, you know, it, it's like, okay, again, I, I'm, um, Bernie Wrightson is probably, you know, rolling over in his grave because I've, I've referenced him so many times in this uh, interview. But, uh, you know, here's, here's where I say, if you want to, if you want to get your mind blown, go find yourself a copy of Bernie Wrightson's Frankenstein that he illustrated and look at the work that he put into some of the drawings and then compare it to some piece of crap that a computer created. And, you know, yeah, the, the, the art that the computer created might be beautiful, but think about the man hours and the intense amount of practice and talent that Bernie had to have to create something like he did. And uh, that's my kind of art. You know, that's what I appreciate is stuff that, you know, people really, really have, have, you know, spent their entire lives 
perfecting and they didn't rely on, you know, hey, I just pressed a button and look at what I created. Yeah, I couldn't, like, I always get kind of hung up on, like, the new Disney shows and stuff, the animation from the current day and age compared to when I was growing up or even before that, the illustration process. And you just right, think about right. how the hell did they make a 90 minute cartoon with all of this? I mean, you understand now that a lot of it's computer generated imagery, but back then it was not. And you're right. There's that artistic talent that just doesn't exist in this new medium. Like it yeah. did the, yeah, the, so the raw factor. Yeah. And, you know, like I say, maybe, maybe, who knows, someday down the road, I might change my mind about it. But right now, that's, that's kind of the way I feel about it. It's just, I'm not interested in it. And, you know, like I say, there's, there's some cool imagery coming out of it, but it's just something that I'm not going to do. I'm much happier doing a, you know, traditional acrylic painting or pencil sketch or pen and ink or whatever. What is your favorite medium to use right now? Like Honestly, right now, uh, acrylics. I'm still a big diehard acrylic fan. It, it's something that I picked up in high school and I've just never let go. And, uh, you know, that's what I paint uh, all of my uh, bottle cap monsters with is acrylic inside of a bottle cap. And uh, I love it. Yeah, I still have one of the uh, custom ones you did for me. You made the car symbol from the Dark Tower for me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 The, I still have that hanging on my, it'll probably hang in every vehicle I own. I just oh, move nice, it from man. vehicle to vehicle over my uh, rear view mirror. <laughs> just That'd hangs cool. there. Um, yeah. It's funny because I go through phases with those things where I think, you know, yeah, they kind of run their course. Nobody wants them anymore. But I, I, a few years back started doing them instead of putting them on a, a necklace. I started mounting them on like a, a background photo and then putting them in little um, shadow boxes. Oh, really? And I think they're a lot more practical and really, really cool looking. So I've got uh, I've got about six of them completed right now that I'm going to take and uh, debut at Monster Palooza, and I hope to have hopefully at least ten by the time I get get to the show. So that'll be awesome. Is Monster Palooza the currently the only show that you're vending at and selling art at, or are you doing a, some other local stuff or anything uh, on the road? I, like I say, I try to do local stuff here in Utah when time permits. Right now, my schedule at uh, R.C. Willie is, is difficult because they do make us work every Saturday, and that's problematic. So that's why I had to miss the last spook show. Um, but, you know, like I say, not a lot of stuff uh, comes up in the West, unfortunately. There's a lot in California, but again... When you work a full-time job, it is difficult to take enough time off to, to warrant doing a lot of different shows during the year. And I wish that I was in a position, you know, financially that I could afford to go to. Uh, there's like a lot of the horror hound uh, uh, conventions in the East that I would love to attend. Oh. But uh, here in the West, I've only ever been able to sell at, uh, like I say, every year at Monster Palooza minus one. And uh, a few years back, I went down to uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, and I vended at uh, Mad Monster Party, which was a ton of fun. That's cool. You're you're so right geographically in the West. It's like you have California to rely on. They every once in a while, I see some stuff come up in Texas. Utah is never yeah never anything here. I mean, we had the small local like Halloween and summer and things like that. But the East Coast, like Jersey and 
Those areas yeah. are huge with their horror conventions. Yeah, they are. I'm envious of that. But, uh, you know, like I say, even out here, I mean, California, that's a, that's a six hour drive. You know, you got to load up all your stuff. It's a, uh, I, I sold it, uh, son of monster Palooza, uh, last October. And that was the first time that I've done two conventions in a year and, uh, loved it. Son of monster Palooza took me back to the, the roots of, uh, monster Palooza because it's back in the, uh, the Marriott, uh, Burbank, uh, where it started. And then it got so big, they had to move it to the Pasadena Convention Center. Oh, so that one's just a little bit smaller and... A little smaller, a little more intimate. It, you know, uh, you you probably attended when they were at the um, the Pasadena Convention Center, correct? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's it was huge. Yeah, it's almost like a, you know, almost like a Costco kind of warehouse feel. And, you know, yeah, massive. But uh, the uh, Son of Monster Crew was a little bit smaller, a little more intimate. And uh, it was a ton of fun. I had a really good time. Does anyone in your family do art? Have you influenced any of your kids to pick up art as a hobby or career or anything like that? Uh, you know, not as a career, but uh, my daughter, my youngest daughter, Katie, she uh, she loves, uh, like she's into playing guitar. She uh, does a little bit of artwork here and there. Very creative. Uh, she creates a lot of like costume, costume stuff. Like she'll create custom uh, Mickey Mouse ears when she goes to Disneyland, that kind of stuff. Uh, my my oldest daughter Brandy, she uh, she's very passionate about uh, making candles. She'll do like custom candles and loves that. And so she's vended a few shows with me selling candles. And then my my son Christian, he's also he's very creative, but he hasn't really done tons with it, you know. But uh, you know he could if he wanted to. So <laughs> gotcha. So they all have a little touch of it, probably not the, you know, same level of insanity that their dad has, but uh, a little here and there. How is it being 55, man? I didn't even know you were 55. Like, I, <laughs> I think about you as a 55-year-old. I'm like, no, Patrick's like 28. 12, 15. Yeah. <laughs> he's like 28 and he acts like he's 12, 15. Well, the funny thing is, is, uh, you know, like I say, I'm 55 and my little my group i mean we call them the 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 monster palooza crew that you know comes out to help me you know set up at the show because they're the ones that are you know the most passionate about it and you know a couple of them will sit behind the table with me uh that's my son christian he's like i say he's grown up at monster palooza and that's been awesome um you know i have pictures of him from that very first year and he was just tiny and uh, i mean god now he's 27 so um but you know he never misses it he loves to come out with me and and hang and then uh my buddy travis jones has been there with me for many many years in fact he started that he came out with me that very first year and uh he has not missed the show other than like i say that second year with me my cousin brent he's probably closest in age to me he's uh uh three three years younger than i am i believe i don't know sorry brent i can't remember <laughs> But, uh, you know, he, he just started coming out. Um, I think this year will be his third year coming out. And, uh, like I say, he was the one that when, you know, Greg Nicotero and Tom Savini stopped by with the guys from Anthrax, he was, you know, completely blown away. And <laughs> this year he's bringing his two sons and then we're bringing like, uh, three or four other guys. My nephew Gentry comes along and, uh, 
you know, it's just, it's an experience for us. We, we make the road trip uh, the most fun that we possibly can this year. We're going to actually take a day after the show and go, go to Disneyland together. So Dude, that'd be cool. Yeah. That's you awesome know, that you have that, that knit, like tight knit people that yeah, are supporting yeah. you and have been you're, supporting you're you for so long boys you know i think you've probably got the same thing going on i mean remember when i first met you you know eddie and uh you know those guys so yeah i mean it's it's weird actually for me with my uh my artistic adventures i've gotten way more singular in them whereas oh, have you? yeah i don't do i like photography i have my photography friends that i go out with and stuff but um, like podcast wise, I've really been focusing on this podcast and this is just me alone. Uh, like I said, photography, I got some great photographer friends that we go out and shoot. Like I just got back from Georgia, um, earlier. What, uh, what part of Georgia were you in? I went to Atlanta. Oh man. Love Atlanta. I spent about a week working there. Oh, it was, it was awesome. You know, I, I was a little hesitant cause Atlanta is a bigger city. And I, I'm more of a small town, yeah. ghost town type person. But we went down there and we went to, uh, me and uh, uh, her name's Summer. She's another photographer. We went to this, the main place we went to was called Old Car City. And uh-huh. it's a 40 acre junkyard that's been taken back by nature. There, oh. there are trees Ooh. growing out of these cars. I think I, I want to say I saw a couple of your photos from that. Uh, did you post them on Facebook? Uh, yeah, I posted them oh. on Facebook and Instagram. It was it was a blast. I, oh, I could man. go back I'm, there. And then... I think, uh, I think one of these times you and I need to get together and go um, hit up some ghost towns and do some photography. I'm a, I'm a total hack, but I love taking pictures at ghost towns. Oh yeah. I've seen uh, some of your photography. I wouldn't call you a hack at all. You're, <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I occasionally will shoot a concert and once my wife convinces me to get out into, you know, nature, it's, uh, I love it. It's a ton of fun, but, uh, I'm miles away from being anywhere near as good as you. So, <laughs> well, it's, but the, you know, I've been practicing photography for, uh, like seven, eight years now. And it's just been something that has, I've put so much passion into and you can see it in your artwork though. The, the art you do is amazing. And I love that you do so many different mixed mediums and things. Like I have some of your bottle cap stuff. I have some of your necklace stuff. I have, you even did like a lot of stippling there for a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I have, I think I have two of your Michael Myers stippled photos and those, I just don't even know how you do. My wrist would be dead. Like, cause that's just a bunch of little dots, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, again, yeah. I, when I sit down to do those, I ask myself why I'm doing them. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I get finished with some of them, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was an exercise in insanity, but uh, then the end result, they just turn out really cool. And I don't know why that's a, a technique that's that's kind of stuck, but it it works well for when I'm creating like uh, t-shirt designs or stickers or you know anything like that. It reproduces well, and uh, yeah, so just kind of stick with it. But yeah, it's it's definitely one of those things that I I question myself every time I, I draw something new like that. <laughs> You know what though, your, I mean, your booth, when I go to your booth, there's 
you know, you go to a, a photographer's booth. All you see is photography. You go to a painter's booth. All you see is paint. You go to your booth. You are like the master of marketing your art in different forms. Like, no, thanks. I appreciate it. Your t-shirts, stickers, prints, necklaces. You have that little sticker machine that's like put in what seventy-five cents, get a sticker. I think it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yep. you know how to do it in the artistic way, but you've also kind of mastered the business side of running a booth because you see some that you're just like, oh, like the first five times I did booths were terrible. I finally started to catch on on doing them the right way, but you have just like honed that in and it's like, oh, this guy knows what he's doing. I've watched people in your booth at Monster Palooza and I'm like, I'm proud to know Patrick. So I'm like, I know that guy on the back end. Like I know <laughs> him yeah. as a friend. You guys, you guys get to, you know, go through his booth and stuff, but I actually talked to this dude. <laughs> so. It's uh it's it's weird. It's um you know, I I I still struggle sometimes with people coming up to my booth like it at Son of Monster Palooza back in October. I had a couple uh, people come up and they're just like, you know, dude, you're my favorite artist. And I'm like, are you serious? How is that possible? There are artists here that, you know, floor me on the ability level and the skill level. But, you know, uh, you know, it's super humbling to have people come up and, and tell you that, you know, you're their favorite artist. And uh, I always, you know, I've always just tried to take the approach of, uh, you know, not trying to, to let it get to my head because like you said earlier, you know, I've met a lot of artists that are like, you know, wow, that was super underwhelming. Uh, you know, you have these heroes and you meet them and you're like, really, that's the way you are. Yep. <laughs> Probably more so with actors. I found that the majority of, of artists that I've, I've met the, the vast majority of them are super cool and willing to, you know, help you with questions or, you know, help you out with anything. Like we had a pretty tight knit little, uh, we called it our neighborhood at, uh, monster Palooza. I had a table neighbor and I don't know if you've got to see his art. His name is Ross talent. And, uh, I've been next to him for, for, I can't even tell you how many years. And sadly, uh, uh, this year, uh, Elliot Brodsky, the guy that runs monster Palooza, uh, screwed something up and sold my table spot that I've been at for years to someone else. And so I'm going to be in a new location in Monster Palooza this year, which is fine, other than the fact that it takes me away from my longtime buddy and table neighbor, uh, Ross, who I absolutely love. He's a great guy. Hey, Ross, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Not that you lost that spot, but just that you've been able to make those relationships and stuff over the years. And, and you're right, like just you that's one thing i really respect about you i've got this new like three word phrase i use now that my end goal in life is to be happy humble and humorous and being humble is like it's very hard to do for some people because they do let their egos grow so big but you i've never felt that from you and and your art, like especially some of your paintings that you have like custom framed, that one of Freddy Krueger and Frankenstein, those are just like masterful pieces. And oh, when so- I hear you talk about them, you're like, yeah, it's a, I'm like, no, no, this is really good, <laughs> Patrick. No, I appreciate it. It's uh, it's funny because like I say, it's, it's a, it's a head game. Like I remember 
oh man, it's been a lot of years ago. And I don't know if you knew this story or not either, but I, I actually did the uh, pencil renderings or artwork of, of the rock band Kiss that was used to create their silver commemorative coin set, their official set. Wow. And uh, when that first came out, you know, I was, I mean, when that happened, of course, I was, uh, I can't even tell you like how speechless I was. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing artwork for the rock band Kiss, this band that I've been into since I was nine years old. And uh, anyway, when that set came out, I had people contacting me on the internet asking me if they could send the little book uh, that was included in the, the, you know, silver coin sets to me to have me autograph it. And I, I was just like, what, what alternate reality am I living in here? This, this isn't possible. You know, it was so heady to me. I'm like, people are asking me for my autograph. That's bizarre. And it's still one of those things that I kind of have a hard time, you know, accepting because I don't, I don't, in any way, shape, or form, feel like I'm I'm famous or you know like recognized well as a as an artist. I just it's just something that I enjoy, and I mean the whole reason I go to uh, Monster Palooza is you know that experience. It's uh, the time spent with my with my boys, you know, my crew, and then the the people that I've met there over the years. It's so awesome to you know. I mean, we were all. Uh, so happy that that first year after COVID when we finally got to go back because it was so hard being away because we all, like I say, we have this little tight-knit community and man, it was just awesome getting to see everybody again after that. Isn't that the truth? COVID just killed, because I was doing some shows here and there and then COVID just killed everything. Yeah. Literally yeah. destroyed it. Um, uh, that's such a, such a damn mess. That's so interesting that you did artwork for Kiss. Um, I kind of want to ask you a question then. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Over my years with photography, I've had pivotal moments where I'm really proud of what I've made. Like, for instance, I had Salt Lake County reach out to me um, last year. They had the some person at Salt Lake County that's high up on their art council or something had seen a photograph I had done in front of uh, one of the stores on Magna Main. And they were like, we want to use this. And I was like, use it for what? And they literally have it as uh, banners along Magna Main hanging off the light poles. And I'm oh, like, awesome. that's so cool. And then there have been, um, like, I, one of my photos was featured on a billboard once. And then uh, in magazines and things of that nature. I remember one of my most humbling moments, the Halloween movies Instagram page shared my Halloween 4 poster creation that I made. I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> I can't believe this. Yeah. Um, that's, that's cool, man. Those are the moments. I love it. They are. So for you as an artist, what was the, or what were a couple of these moments where you were like, okay, this is awesome. Obviously the kiss one is hands down really awesome. Did you have any others that are just like, this is so cool. You know, yeah, there's been a, there's been a lot of uh, moments like that, like you say, where you're just taken off guard and then others that, you know, are going to, you know, happen. I've got one that I have not uh, spoken about at all, really, other than to my tight knit uh, little crew, because I've been waiting for the right time to make the announcement. But this seems like an appropriate uh, time. Um, I just recently um, 
got a licensed uh, line of guitar picks with the Lon Chaney family. And so at Monster Palooza this year, I'm going to be releasing the first three uh, licensed uh, guitar picks of uh, Lon Chaney Sr. Uh, I've got one of him as the um, Femme of the Opera and one as the Hunchback of Notre Dame and one from the legendary lost film of London After Midnight. Dude, that's so cool. I am beyond excited because this is the first time that I've done a double-sided guitar pick. So you've got the the image on one side, and then you've got Lon Chaney's, um, you know, reproduced autograph on the back, and the Chaney family logo. And I'm just like, I can't tell you how. I mean, that moment for me, uh, talking to Ron, his, uh, you know, Lon's great great grandson, as I understand it. Um, Ron is one of the coolest people I've met. And actually getting the, the opportunity to do a licensed uh, product was beyond crazy cool. And uh, I actually had, actually had these picks uh, printed up, and I was hoping to sell them at Mon- Son of Monster Palooza in October. But unfortunately, they showed up the day after I had left for Burbank. So I'm going to release them in June this year, and uh, super excited about it. Dude, congratulations. That is really cool. Yeah, thank I, you, man. I, mean, I don't think people honestly, realize one of my biggest, one of my biggest um, horror influences. You know, as a young kid, I remember getting a, a book at one of the little uh, book fairs at my elementary school, and it was all about um, Lon Chaney. Uh, you know, man of a thousand faces, and uh, man, I wanted to be him again, just like Charles Schultz, so badly. I loved what he did, and. Uh, you know, so yeah, it was like literally like, you know, exorcist moment with the head turn when I, uh, you know, actually got to do this uh, project with, with Ron and his family. If you have not met the Cheney family, you need to meet the Cheney family. They're some of the coolest people you'll ever meet. Dude, that, that, that's cool. I'm really proud of you because I don't think people realize the work that goes into getting a licensed release. It's, yeah, it's I mean, not. like I say, I've been doing this for a long time, and the you know the vast majority of my stuff is not licensed, and uh, you know, getting the chance to do this, I'm I'm hoping it can go you know somewhere else besides just these three picks. Maybe we can do you know I would love to do Lon Chaney Jr. and uh, you know who knows maybe some T-shirt art or something. We'll see uh, how it all goes, but uh, hopefully, yeah, you know, with a spreading the word here on your podcast. Let's get uh, everybody out to Monster Palooza in June and come by my table and uh, buy a bunch of these uh, Lon Chaney guitar picks. <laughs> Dude, now now you got me excited for Monster Palooza. I didn't have it planned or anything, and I don't know if I have it in my uh, future to get down there, but I'm like, shit, how do I get to Monster Palooza for just a day? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And here's what you do. you uh, You gather up a few friends and you make a plan to you know, find a, find a good Airbnb. This is what we do. We found an Airbnb. We got to accommodate 10 of us this year. How crazy is that? 10 of us going down, Wow! <laughs> but you make the road trip, the adventure. We're going to stop in uh, Las Vegas. And I don't know if you've eaten at a place in Vegas that recently opened called uh, sliced pizza, but oh. it's a horror themed uh, pizza restaurant. They make black crust pizza and it's delicious little tiny hole in the wall and they've got lots of cool old uh, pinball machines and lots of horror memorabilia and the owners are super super cool so if you have a chance go hit that place up but we're going to stop there on our way down and uh 
hit up Monster Palooza, and then we're going to Disneyland the day after. So looking forward to it this year. Dude, hell yeah. You're going to have a lot of fun, man. I am super excited for you. And like I said, I've always uh, really been inspired by you. Um, the artwork you make, the the way you just carry yourself as an individual, the openness, the the support of other artists is just awesome on your end. Um, so in, in that, I just want to thank you for coming on this podcast and uh, having this time to kind of share the artistic adventure of your life and how it's been and how it's developed over the years, especially relating to monster palooza that's such a identifying thing in your life, an event that's been what, 14 years now strong. Uh, yeah, either 13 or 14. I think honestly it's 13 this year. So we'll, I need to sit down and count. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. Do you, um, do you want to drop your Instagram and Facebook art pages so people can visit those and see kind of what you're all about? Uh, sure. Um, my Facebook, just look for, um, just do a search for Patrick Kendall. You'll probably find me. And then Instagram, I'm terrible. Like I say, I should know this stuff. Let me grab a, let me see. I've got a little sticker here somewhere so that I'm not telling you incorrect information. Yeah, let's see. So my Instagram is pkendall333. There you go. So go look up Patrick. He does amazing, phenomenal art. Um, watch for when he is doing these paint nights. I actually, I need to get in on one of your paint nights. I'm a terrible artist when it comes to anything drawing, painting, but I think it would just be a blast to go. Well, and and that's the whole idea behind those is not to turn anybody into a world-class artist. Again, it's the, it's the therapy. You come out for two hours and you just forget about life and you have a beer or two and, you know, you can order food at the, uh, you know, certain venues that I, that I work at. I, I do a lot of them at uh, Cali's cafe in Orem come early and get some of the best food around. They're fantastic. Dude, that'd be awesome. You just post those on your Facebook as well. Yeah. I try to do Cali's every Wednesday night. And then I just added a place called La Saber bar in uh, American fork that we're doing the very first show on April 30th. And I think there's only three tickets left at this point. They may have been sold out. I have to check, but uh, we're going to try and do them on Sundays, maybe every second Sunday. I'm not sure yet. Wow. That, that'll be, that's cool. And then yeah. of course he works at RC Willie's on commission. So if you need furniture, you need to see Patrick. There you go. Yep. Come down and see me in my shirt and tie and uh, see the uh, the clean cut side of the monster, man. <laughs> what RC Willie are you working at? I work at the RC Willie in uh, the University Mall in Orem. Shit, man. I, that's a ways away from me, but I almost want to make it down there just to see you <laughs> dressed up like that. Oh, man. It's torture, I tell you. Ah, dude. That's it's, you know, we all have that day job. I have a day job you, just you, as well. You got to do what you got to do to keep things going, right? You do, man. Well, you know what? Thanks very much for coming on the show. Um, everyone, get out there, check out Patrick's stuff, and we will catch y'all on the next one. See ya.